Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestonenzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe, so we can help you master the art of selling. Do you ever find yourself asking what makes us different from our competition, and how can we stand out from a crowded marketplace? This week, we're joined by Mark Wright, who's going to talk about how he disrupted an industry and has stood out from the competition to be one of the fastest growing digital agencies in the UK. This episode is brought to you by VanillaSoft.com, sales engagement platform like no other. VanillaSoft is a platform that helps you engage your leads like a CRM just simply can't do. CRM are great, but... To engage with your leads effectively, to turn a marketing qualified lead into a sales qualified lead and put more opportunities into your pipeline, you need to get yourself a sales engagement platform. So do yourself a favor, head over to VanillaSoft.com, sign up for a free trial and see why so many salespeople are closing more deals as a result of using VanillaSoft. So before we get into today's show, guys, I just want to say thanks again for subscribing and for listening to this podcast. I do this to help you be the very best you can be. Please continue to like, rate, and share wherever you listen to podcasts. And please don't forget to send me a message on LinkedIn. I absolutely love receiving those messages of gratitude and thanks. So please keep it up. All right, so August is here. A few months to go, we're going to be in the Christmas spirit. That's quite scary when you think about it because the, the year has flown. And with so many things that have gone on, there's been... A lot of stuff happening that are just simply out of our control, but we have a few months now to really embrace the opportunity that sits in front of us and have an incredible final you know, part of, of 2020 and set ourselves up really for 2021. The reason why I'm bringing that up is because this week's guest, it's, it's pretty cool. He, he won the UK Apprentice and uh, you know, he, he's a young guy who hails from Australia and he's gone over to the UK and he's done incredible things. And he's built an incredible digital marketing agency by backing himself, by completely moving his business into a performance-based model and disrupted an industry. He, he really took on an industry, disrupted it, and has created some incredible things and, and has gone on to achieve incredible things so far. So it's going to be pretty cool to talk to Mark about his journey from a country town in Australia you know, to such a huge market in the UK. Um, and what he's doing to continue to disrupt and, and challenge and achieve some of the things that he can. And I'm really, really keen to, to share this because with everything that we do, you know, there's so many, sometimes you can be selling a product or service and there's so much competition. And you can often stop and go, well, how do we differentiate ourselves? I'm on LinkedIn and my competitors are posting content and you know, it's making it harder and harder for me to engage with my prospects. But this is what's great about this opportunity. It's, it's going to make you stop to really think about, okay, what am I doing and how can I differentiate myself? What can I do? What's in my control to disrupt and be remove myself from the sea of sameness? Because ultimately, people buy you. They don't buy the product or service. They buy you. And they buy the fact or they buy how you have helped them consider the future state and the picture that you've created for them, the outcome, okay? So this is gonna be an awesome episode to really get you thinking about how you can separate yourself from the sea of sameness and be the best sales professional you can be. 
Welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, good to see you. Mate, how good is it that I'm speaking to someone from the UK that is Australian-born? Do you know, this is the most of, I've been looking forward to this in my diary for two weeks because I do hundreds of podcasts, hundreds of interviews, and, and it's so good to be doing it with an Aussie in Australia. Makes me a bit homesick <laughs> to, to do this. So thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Hope we can help out your listeners with some some tips from this side of the world. No, I'm, so, I'm very much looking forward to it. And uh, before we get into this show and talk about sort of, you know, how to grow um, and how to pivot your sales process and all the stuff that, you know, we love to talk about from a sales and marketing and growth perspective, um, we'd love to learn a bit more about you and how you started in the world of selling. Well, I mean, I've always been selling. So I think the first thing to point out is I'm not from the UK. I'm from Australia. I'm from a small country town in New South Wales called Armadale. And um, my mum and dad are both business people. My mum is a, is a hairdresser. My dad uh, owns uh, the local um, car mechanics in Armadale called Cliff Wright Motors. And, and when I was, when I was at um, home growing up, when I was a young kid, all I was hearing about was, was work, about running a business, about sales. And that's where the passion really started um, flying for me. And when I was about, I think, 12 or 13, my dad bought a sports store and uh, he threw me in there every afternoon after school and every weekend selling treadmills, selling shoes, selling cricket bats, whatever whatever I could push out to the punters I was, I was selling. And I... And no matter how many people we hired in the sports store, we used to have a, a leaderboard every shift for who sold the most yeah. goods. I never lost one time. <laughs> and that's when from like 12, 13, 14 years old, I realized, one, I'm competitive. Yep. Two, I like to make money. And three, I'm really good at communicating to people how something can change their life, yeah. whether that's a cricket bat, treadmill, whatever it might be. And that's really what got me started. And um I realized quite quickly that if I wanted to make any money, you, it's, it's very hard to do it in a small environment, yeah. in a small town. You could have a great life, but if you really want to be successful in selling, if you really want to be successful uh, in business, you have to go into a bigger pond yeah. where there's more customers, more to sell. Now the internet's obviously changed so much, but I moved to Brisbane and I started selling gym memberships and that's where I really learned the art of selling. I think people start out where they fall into selling just by selling across a cash register and think they're a good salesperson. If you go into cold selling, and what do I mean by cold selling? Generating your own leads, yeah. producing your own activity, producing your own meetings, closing your own deals. That's hard, proper selling, and that's where I got modelled on how to open, close, negotiate, overcome objections, um, and how important activity was and structure to your work to being the best salesperson. And um, in Australia, I was working at a company called Genesis Gyms. I don't know if yep. that's still uh, a thing, but they had like, I think it was about 300 um, reps. And I think I won top top rep 11 months on the bounce. Oh, wow. And I, like, I was the gangster of the gym membership <laughs> world, but I was selling so much working 15 hour days and making just terrible money. So I got into B2B selling because I learned that B2C selling, unless the margin is really high in the product, mm. you're going to have to sell a lot to, to make some money. So sales has always been in, in my blood and, and something that I got into. But before I started my career, I don't want to ramble too long in my answer, <laughs> but right. you find out I'm very passionate about, about selling yeah. and about sales. But I came over to the UK as a backpacker, as most Aussies do, and I thought I'll spend a year 
going around the UK, going around Europe. And there's a TV show in, in the UK called The Apprentice. And the whole premise of the show, it's unfairly regulated towards salespeople. I went to the tryouts and there were 75,000 people there. 75,000 people? Yeah, that, that's crazy. That I mean, I'm hectic. from a town in, in New South Wales with 20,000 people. So there's like four times the town there in the tryouts. And like, you know, you get your number and all of that stuff. And they come along, they line you up in hundreds of people and they came along with a big bin with really crap products and you had 10 seconds to sell whatever you pulled out blind from the bin. And I pulled out a lampshade without without a light bulb in it and he goes, okay, sell me that. And you've just got to start grabbing products and selling them. And they were eliminating people based wow. on sales ability. And I was like, this is gold dust. Yeah. I'm going to absolutely romp this. So I went from 75,000 to 1,000 into the final 20 that went on to The Apprentice. And I broke the record on the TV show for selling to the public. I sold 11 hot tubs to one guy. And um, I sold like 23 hot tubs in total. Like I did, just went crazy. But, you know, selling for me is my whole life. And um, people say, you know, I've become a really successful business person. It's because I'm a successful salesperson. Yeah. And I think that if you can hone the art of selling yourself, whether that's on being a better husband, selling more products, do, doing anything in life is selling. And when you understand that and you get good at it, you can make more money and, and, and achieve more. Yeah, what an incredible journey, right? Going from a, a small a small place in in New South Wales to being in front of you know eighty thousand people and selling selling like crazy to get to the point of number one from the you know for the show The Apprentice, which is a which is in a pretty um, and that's what it's called The Apprentice, if I remember correctly. The Apprentice, yeah. Apprentice, yeah. Right? So, so Donald Trump, you know, one from yeah. America over here. It's Lord Alan Sugar, who's one of the richest men in the country, owned the football team, uh, owned a computer place, and um, yeah, yeah, I think my average episode viewing was 11 million people watched wow. each episode. So it's on BBC yeah. One, which is there's nothing. It's like if if SBS was good in Australia, <laughs> yeah. that's what the BBC is. So, <laughs> so you, you you've won the Apprentice, and you've as a result you're in partnership or you're working with you know Lord Sugars and 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 building building a business. Yep. Yeah, and can you tell us a bit about that business that you're currently building? Yeah, so um, I won The Apprentice in 2014 and, and the, basically the premise of the show is you get £250,000, which is like um, 400 grand Aussie, yep. um, and <laughs> I don't know what the current conversion rate is, <laughs> and then Lord Sugar mentors you. You take the money, you start a business, and he takes 50% equity in the business but has a partnership where he mentors you on a one-day-a-month basis for however long the business goes for. Um, so my company, my idea on the show was a company called Climb Online, which was a performance-based digital marketing agency, which I still own and operate today. But the idea behind the business is digital advertising has just gotten so complex where people were talking about click-through rates mm. and ads and all of this stuff and confusing the customer. I came into the market with a very simple model. You don't pay until you get results. Yep. And the whole thing about my uh, thing is what you say, what do I do? I generate more sales and leads for, for businesses and they don't pay until they get those sales and leads. I just took a whole industry and put it into one sentence. I got absolutely killed by everyone in the sector 
but the customers loved it. We were the fastest growing startup business in the UK, the third fastest growing startup business in the UK for two years in a row. Yeah. We were like the sixth or seventh fastest growing business in Europe. Um, and we, we broke loads and loads of records with Google and Facebook for activating new customers. And it just came back to the basics of selling, which was my whole um, premise was, don't overcomplicate things. Speak to people as human beings and the better you understand something, the easier and more simply you can explain it. And we just ring up businesses. It's very simple. We go in and say, would you like more sales and leads? I don't know anyone who yeah. doesn't want more sales and leads. Absolutely. And we provide that by building them a new website, getting them good content, managing their social media accounts. And um, we have a really good uh, uh, structure of payment. And Climb Online has, has been, um, you know, my my the child as it were in terms of my career it's taken my career off and um, we now do the marketing for companies like emirates tiktok uh, protein world which is a huge protein wow. supplier here supplements provider um, and like um, you know the, the list goes on and it's all come back from just starting in my bedroom with an idea and then just selling like crazy until it got um, where we could go so this is pretty cool right because i think a lot of people and then when they look at digital marketing and, and I saw some statistics only recently that, you know, digital search has really dropped in the last sort of six weeks, obviously with this whole, this whole virus and pandemic has, and crisis has actually created, created some real issues for businesses. But what I, you know, if I go back, you mentioned that you're performance based. So yep. is it, you know, do you, 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 they pay based on results. So is that a, like a is that a per acquisition model? Exactly. So here's 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 the theory. Uh, you'll be aware of SEO, search yep. engine optimization, the theory of getting keywords up Google. Historically, before I came into the market, this was the deal. Men would go into a, a, a business and say, "Give me a thousand dollars a month," and at the end of twelve months, you might be on Google page one for the words for your business. Yep. 12 months would go by, $12,000, no words on Google, end of relationship, move on to next business. I came in and said, right, here's the deal. You're going to pay me $1,000 a month, but you're not going to pay me until the words are on Google at the front page. Once I get you there, you pay me and you don't mind paying me because you've got the results. If I don't get them, you don't pay. And I don't know anyone who... When you hear that, what, what's your risk in signing up? There is no risk. Mate, you either get the results. Absolutely. That's fantastic. I think you're encouraging yeah. me to talk to you after this about, you know, working working <laughs> together. <laughs> so this, but this happens everywhere I go, yeah. everywhere I do a talk. But the reason a lot of businesses don't put their money where their mouth is is they don't believe in their own product. They don't eat their own dog food. They're not, they're not selling yeah. something. They're not doing something which they really believe in. And when you believe in your own product, that's the first step to selling loads yeah. of it. And so, you know, obviously with every – and I've got, you know, the iceberg theory behind me. Because a lot of people yeah, look see. at, you know, the top of the iceberg and they go, look, that person's successful and, and look at how great their life is. But they don't see, you know, the real challenges and the late nights and the 16, 17 hour days that you work and the, the thoughts that go through your mind when you're going, mate, is this worth it, right? You know, obviously in your journey, it's been six years building that business. Has there been moments of, you know, of times when you've really questioned what you're doing? 
all the time. Yeah. Still, still today, you know, I'm living on the other side of the world. I'm an Australian living in, in England. I was meant to be here one year. It's been 10. <laughs> uh, and uh, my mum keeps asking me when I'm coming home. I've got a fantastic, all my friends, all my family, everyone I know is in Australia. Um, so I've given up. I've sacrificed my whole life, my whole career to be here for an opportunity. And and that's what it takes. Mm. That, 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 you know, to be really successful... It is, it's really hard. And the reason most people don't make it is because it's so, there's so many opportunities to walk away. Uh, you've got to be doing something that you really love because otherwise it is just, you, you'll just leave. And um, you need to surround yourself with good people that constantly encourage you and pick you up when, in, during those times. Um, but also, you know, you've got to stay on, you've got to have a vision. There's no good yeah. just getting into something and hoping you're going to be successful because it will get tough. And when it does get tough, if you don't know why you're in it, you will leave it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have solid goals. I have an amazing network around me. I have a great um, couple of mentors that are, and when I say mentors, I'm not talking about, oh, one guy that once got to a million pounds turnover. They're billionaires. Yeah. You know, Lord Sugar is a multi-billionaire. Um these are serious guys and I'd be crazy to give up the yeah. opportunity that they've provided me. Uh, however, we are looking at opening a, an office in Sydney next year, so that will get me one foot back in the oh, door. Fantastic. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and obviously during those moments of you, you talk about, you know, finding that intrinsic motivator to ensure that, you know, you can get out of bed, you know exactly why you're doing what you're doing. Over the last couple of months, I think, you know, there's not many people that have been at that point of really faced with some quite interesting challenges, whether it's, you know, working from home, the kids are at school, like at, you know, homeschooling and um, people are losing their jobs, people are finding it tough in the market, um, you know, there's, there's a whole range of issues. From your perspective in your business, um, what did you do to sort of ensure that you didn't have that massive dip? And you continue to grow. That's it, it, it's it's really interesting. I think the first thing I did was made really tough decisions quickly. Uh, I spotted this. I was watching the news on what was happening in China, and I was thinking, "This does not look good." You know, this looks like it's. I was watching what was happening in Wuhan. I was watching what was happening with businesses in China, and I thought, "Okay, if this gets into Europe." This is a big problem because it's shutting down all of China. So I watched. The first thing I did was monitor what was happening. And then I made a plan. So we put together a plan for if we have to go into a lockdown, if this situation evolves, what does that plan look like? The most important thing in every business, which people get really confused about and sometimes get really like, oh, we're doing this and this. The most important thing in any business is to make a profit. Never get deviated away from that. You can do great things. You can be sustainable. You can do all of this stuff. But to, in order to do anything in business, you have to stay alive. And to do that, you must make profit. So the first thing we do is we, we, we draw up a line and say, based on these profit levels or this turnover level, this is how the business looks. This is how many staff it's got, how many offices it has, et cetera, et cetera. The first thing I did is I just wiped out 25% of the staff straight away. Yeah. And hadn't lost one client. There was no lockdown. I think there was like 12 cases of coronavirus in the UK. But I had a feeling that this was going to be something serious. 
So I went into my uh, boardroom and I said, right, tomorrow 25% of the staff are leaving and the, sh- the faces were like ghosts yeah. from the rest of the management team, like you're overreacting, let's wait and see what happens, blah, 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 blah. Now, indecision and holding on to too long kills businesses. It's better. There's never a good time to make a tough decision. Just make it and get yeah. on. Got rid of the staff, but I said, my one condition is we're not lowering the marketing budget. I'm going to take that up. And then people are like, this guy's lost his mind. You know, I thought there's going to be a vote to have me out as CEO or MD. My theory was this. Every person is going to go and vote in their boardroom to keep as many personnel as possible but drop all the rest of the overhead, marketing, yep. sales team shut down, marketing budget stops, um, and they just start conserving like the body where the blood goes to all the vital organs. Most businesses are going to stop sales and marketing first. That's always the first thing to go. So my theory was if I cut administration and I do all the other areas, keep my sales team whole, increase my marketing budget, I'm going to be operating in a market with like no competitors. That was my theory. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. I get it. So, and I look, I know what this, it probably sounds really ruthless and, and you know, I'm saying things are probably not conventional. Um, the reality is this, Google and Facebook have released their statistics of the agencies in, in the European network, in the EMEA region. My agency is number one for sales in the last month. Wow. So, the theory worked. Now, was it nice to let 25% of my people go? Absolutely not. Yep. But we now will have an opportunity where we can bring people back in. The business has survived. It's remained profitable. And now we're starting to expand again and bring anyone who was let go or furloughed back into the business. And um, it's not nice. It was a terrible situation. But we had a plan. We stuck to the plan. We did it quickly and it worked. And maintaining that sales force, maintaining that activity, not creating excuses to sit back and have a holiday and enjoy lockdown and get fat, but increase our marketing, get some leads, sell those leads has worked an absolute dream. And, um, you know, it's been a tough time, but I've learned a lot throughout it. So, you know, what I'm hearing is you were quite decisive about making change. It wasn't something that you sat on for a long time you made that change, you made the decision, you executed, and then you put in place uh, a, a new plan to drive results to try to, you know, maintain. But what's actually happened is you've grown through that period. 100%. Yeah. And and always think about, uh, you know, work from the result backwards. Yeah. What do you need? What, what I don't understand about business owners and that, 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 that really – uh, drives me crazy when I meet with clients or I, I, I mentor or coach people is when something happens, their sales go down, there's a turn in the market, there's a coronavirus, whatever it happens, their first reaction is cut the sales team and the marketing and no one ever analyzes, okay, how much does that salesperson, yes, he costs me £2,500 or $4,000 a month, but how much does he bring mm, in? Yeah. Everyone's always looking on the cost rather than the result and you should be analysing everything in your business on a results-based model. How much does Fred bring in? If he's costing you $4,000 and bringing in you $4,000, Fred probably needs to go. But if you're spending $4,000 and bringing in fifty a month, Fred is, we need more Freds. Yeah. How many Freds can we get into the Absolutely. business? And, and people... Um, just indecision and, and, and a lack of having that having that plan yeah. uh, to move forward. And your acquisition model, like to acquire new clients, 
you use a you know you use a, a combination of inbound and outbound right so your sales team are aggressively talking they, they're conducting outreach as well as you know building inbound channels for you to to find customers so yes, um yeah. which is quite interesting right and uh is that something that you encourage most of your clients is to have an omni-channel methodology it's essential it, it, it having an omni-channel being everywhere yep. you never know where your next biggest client is you, you don't you, you, he could be anywhere and i'll tell you a story in a second uh that totally changed my changed my life so i broke it up into two two ways i have a team which is an outbound team yep. and i have a team which is focused on inbounds so we don't we don't confuse we don't muddy the waters and my job is to be everywhere speaking on stage, writing books, producing podcasts, um, uh, speaking on the biggest stages in the UK, doing whatever I can to get the agency well-known to create inbound. Okay, so that's my, my job is to create content, become the most well-known expert person in marketing that brings that yep. energy and those inbounds in, whilst at the same time we have a team cold calling, email marketing, creating lead magnets and, and dropping those out to companies, What whatever we have to do to create more leads or, or, or create uh, more whilst we're getting the brand going over the other side. And I think too many companies have a, you've got to have one or the or other. The other. Yeah. You, are, you, you can have both. The key is to be everywhere. Absolutely. And I really, I'm really glad to hear that because, you know, there are a lot of um, – self-proclaimed social gurus who talk about only inbound, you know, and inbound's a new way and the old style of, of cold calling and email, cold emailing is, is outdated. I get really furious when I, when I hear that sort of stuff because I see, you know, I see, I work with a, a number of different clients. I see a lot of data and what's awesome about seeing the data is to show, you know what, inbound is just, or outbound is just as effective as inbound. I'm actually having an omni-channel approach is usually the smartest way for a business because just in case one channel is a little bit light one month, you're not sort of, you know, completely at the mercy of that particular channel. Um, you've got multi-lead uh, channels. A hundred percent. I see, you know, uh, you'll be like me, you know, Google entrepreneurial stuff, watch motivational videos. Every time I start YouTube, you get one of these uh, so-called uh, <laughs> new millionaire from yeah. home sort of thing. Yep. And they're telling you, oh, no, cold calling's dead, emailing's dead, all of this stuff. I'm like, okay, you have no idea what you're you're talking about. And for, for, second of all, if your outbound strategy is working so well, your inbound strategy is working so well, sorry, you're missing 50% of the pie. You could have an additional yeah. 50% or 100% growth from where you are based on if you just agreed that the other, the other part the reason why people say cold calling and cold emailing is dead because they don't want to do it or they don't know how to do it and they're too scared to pick the phone up or get on the email and get rejected so they just say that's dead. Yeah. That's what they're actually saying is I'm too scared or I suck at that strategy. Yeah. And so for anyone that's sitting there right now that's thinking to themselves, okay, right, now that I'm, I'm sort of, you know, we're coming to the tail end or hopefully the tail end of this crisis and, there's a bit of the normal that's coming back to reality. I know that where, where we live, people are going out again. Gyms are starting to open, which is so exciting um, for me to, to get back out there in a, to my local F45, right? But, um, you know, for anyone that's sitting there that's going, okay, um, I've had a bit of a tough time, what's some advice that you could give them that's going to help them sort of be the best they can be? 
The first thing is, is, is to really, uh, right now is such a great time. This whole thing has given every single person to hit the reset button. And right now is such a great time to have a think about, am I doing something I really love and I'm really passionate about and that I've got a future doing? You're never going to have a better time as an adult right now yeah. where you've just had the reset button hit. First thing is, do I really love what I'm doing and do I want to be the best at it? People want to buy from experts. And if you've really got a passion for what you do, you can go all the way. If you don't, I suggest you try and find something else. That's the first thing. Yeah. And, and people sometimes need that permission. And as you see the weight come off their shoulder, if you're not doing something you enjoy, change it up, do something else. If you are doing something that you do, now's the time. There's going to be more opportunity. The next three months at the end of this crisis, people are going to make more money and more opportunities than ever. If you look at all the millionaires and billionaires of the past, They've all created their wealth off the, off the back of recessions and depressions. We're just about to have the biggest worldwide recession in the history in the last three or 400 years. There's going to be opportunity to start new businesses, build big businesses, buy properties cheaper than ever. There's going to be opportunity everywhere. Yeah. So right now, if you want to be successful, your idea is what do I want from the next 12 months? Who do I want to be as an entrepreneur? What do I want my business to be? And how am I going to get there? The answer is once you know what sector you're going to be in, you need to be everywhere. That comes from being a key person of influence, being on podcasts, meeting people like yourself, writing a book, speaking on stage, and at the same time, sell, 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 sell. Get being known. Get your product out there. Get referrals. Work your power base. Whatever you need to do, never change. Just Your activity is going to determine the success mm. of your career in the next six months based on the opportunities that are going to be available. Yeah. Man, I love that. I love it because, you know, so many people get, in, you know, that's, you know, sell, sell, that, that whole concept. And I love the fact that, you know, selling's an awesome thing, you know, and something that you said um, before we started recording was was quite interesting. You said, well, I thought actually might have been at the start, is selling is about helping somebody, you know, you can change their life, you can help them achieve a better state. And when we can do that right, we're compelled to get our message to as many people that could potentially buy our product. And we're not doing people a disservice, you know. We're not we're not bloody, um, you know, coercing them to buy something that's not going to benefit them. I mean, that's that's not selling, right? So that's what I love about what you're saying. It's it's about, you know, get out there. The activity levels need to be high. And again, you mentioned you wanted to be in a bigger pond, and the the sort of you've got that an abundant mindset. And, and knowing, okay, I can look at the what's about, you know, what's happening in the economy right now with a real fixed mindset that and be a victim. Or you can actually look at it and go, well, there's a, there's a, there's a world of abundance out there. How can I prosper um, from the opportunities available and look for those opportunities? So I really love the way that you've explained that to me, man. It's, it's absolutely awesome. Well, mate, I appreciate it. I, when I was a young man, I, I thought about it really black and white. I thought if I'm going to sell digital marketing to plumbers, if I call all the plumbers in Armidale in New South Wales, I'll call them all by lunchtime. There's only two. <laughs> I could never call all the plumbers in London. There is thousands. So I moved to where I had a market, yeah. where I could sell more, where I could be bigger, where I could do more. Now, that's an extreme example, what, I, what I've done. You could be in Sydney, Melbourne. Now with Zoom, look what we're doing. A Absolutely. podcast as good as any across, across the world. For me... A lot of people are not doing things that they're really passionate about, that they really want to do. And it comes back to get in an environment that really inspires you. Even if you make less money, 
from maybe a change in, in industry or an environment, as long as you're happier, you will eventually be more successful. Yeah. Get And also get around the right people, change the people you surround yourself with, change the things you follow on Instagram, the books you read, the audio books you listen to. Once you change that environment and you get into something that you really love, the next 12 months, there is going to be so much opportunity and success come from this. And we need to start thinking like that rather than making an excuse to sit home and watch Netflix and become obese. That's that's someone else's angle. Yeah. We can take this to entrepreneurs and be successful. Absolutely. And so, mate, on, I, uh, obviously in in what you've been doing and, you know, you're putting together, you've, you've got that incredible event um, that unfortunately I was meant to be there next month, um, but missing out. But you've had a number of people you mentioned before, mentors. I mean, in, in your career so far, who's been the biggest influence and why? Oh, gosh. So comes back to two people, really. I, I'd say two or three people. My granddad, um, who, who really taught me everything, his name was Cliff Wright. He's passed away since, um, since I've been living over here. Uh, and he really taught me the fundamentals of business, yeah. the fundamental, fundamentals of selling. And, and I think Lord Sugar has been, you know, a huge inspiration to me. I always say that when I won The Apprentice, I got 250000 I was only a 23-year-old man. If you gave me an option at 23, take the 250 grand or the mentoring, I would have taken the 250 grand. Now as a 30-year-old that's had mentoring, that owns five businesses, that's done the things I've done in business, if you offered me 250 grand of mentoring, I'd laugh at the 250,000 yeah. because what a good mentor or coach can teach you, you, you can make so much more money. If success is a recipe. It's just like writing down a recipe for a cake. If you follow it, you get the cake, you get the results. Business success is no different. Find someone who's successful in your sector or really successful in business, follow what they say, use their guidance, and, and you'll get the same results. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And what's one strategy that you've used to build your mark, your digital marketing agency that you would do again if you were starting a business today? Well, okay, I've always pushed myself to spend the most on marketing. Okay. No matter, when I started in my bedroom, I was living in a place called Canada Water in London, which is just a complete shit off. <laughs> and I was living in a house with 11 people and I had my laptop, my, my laptop next to my bed and any spare money I would empty into marketing. I understood from a young man that to be successful in anything – you need to be known. People yeah. need to know you. If, if, if people don't know who you are or you're not putting your product in people, you can't sell to them. So, you know, McDonald's is still one of the biggest advertisers in the world. Everyone knows who McDonald's are. They're still advertising. Yeah. They haven't stopped their budget. When they stop advertising, I'll stop advertising. Yeah. But for, for me, it's about I understood that being known and then hiring good people was really essential to having a good business, not skimping on those areas. And it's it, it's made me um it, it, it's led me well it's led yeah. me well no that's a great that's great advice and i think you know that, and i think for anyone um you know positioning brand and 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 marketing and sales is is absolutely paramount so thanks for sharing that with me and mate unfortunately like coming to the we could talk about this for hours but um where can our listeners find more about you and and learn and engage with you Listen, I would love to talk to anyone, particularly Aussies. I, I've got a soft spot for anyone Australian. Um, if you just search climb online, um, climb online, two words, 
or Google Mark Right. Now, there's another very famous Mark Right um, in the UK. So I'm always the second on Google <laughs> on any social media. I'm, I'm number two. But um, uh, if you go to ClimbCon or Climb Online, they're my two uh, biggest yeah. events and businesses. I'd love to hear, hear from anyone. But uh, listen, put it this way. If you're a business and you want to get more leads or sales, I'd love to hear from you. Fantastic. Well, mate, I really appreciate your time and for sharing some strategies that you've used to build your business. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you in person when we can get to, you know, ClimbCon. I can't wait, mate. And, and thanks again for having me on and, and all the great work that you're doing.